I think the net profit on that one was like three hundred thirty thousand. I think. Awesome. Um, but I think within the first month, it was like just they just stopped giving the license. Welcome back to Crushing It with Real Estate with Joanne Tan. When you think about real estate, the first thing that comes to mind for most people is probably buying and selling and then maybe investing. But there's actually construction, there's foreclosures, there's probate sales, and so much more. So this podcast showcases real estate professionals who are crushing it in their genre. And today we have Dustin Amoto, the founder of Island Property Buyers. So I met Dustin earlier this year before this whole coronavirus thing hit and travel was restricted. And I was in Hawaii attending a real estate meetup. So what's really interesting what's really interesting about Dustin is that he got his start in carpentry and then applied his knowledge there to real estate in the form of fixing and flipping. And through that he's been able to help out homeowners throughout Oahu. So thanks for taking the time to speak with us today, Dustin. How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's definitely a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of gave a brief intro, but do you want to let the listeners know in your own words how you got started in real estate? Yeah, sure. I always admired real estate. And uh, before I used to be a carpenter and work was never really steady. I always got laid off. So I figured uh, why not just uh, combine the two. And one day I decided to take the leap of faith and just went for it and never looked back. <laughs> that's awesome that so many people are scared but all you, you got to do is take that leap of faith right yeah definitely yeah i'm sure there were probably challenges along the way of your journey were there some that you faced in the beginning or some that you face even to this day now yeah back then when i first started i didn't know anyone in real estate i didn't know I honestly didn't even know what what a what the difference between an agent or an investor was. I was just so clueless. Um, yeah, I just started researching it just over time, just kind of you know finding out more information and you know looking up courses and stuff like that. And yeah, and that's kind of just where I came from. And <laughs> eventually, you know, you just keep looking and you'll find your way <laughs> over time. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. What do you think was most useful along your research and uh, in the beginning, especially? I think a lot of a lot of it was having um, just a persistence and patience to kind of acquire knowledge, to kind of you know see where you fit, who you fit with, um, networking networking with people, you know, kind of finding your mentor and stuff like that. Somebody to kind of follow and guide you yeah i actually came across a course back in the day several years ago honolulumentor.com i took that one but i don't think it's no longer available i think i think the the instructor left florida or something got it yeah i think something you touched upon was really key is persistence right like real estate is a way for people to achieve a lot of wealth but it doesn't necessarily happen overnight at all oh definitely definitely (laughs) yeah so do you want to go over what your typical day looks like as an investor as a flipper or all the various different aspects of real estate that you're involved in 
every day is is really different. Majority of the time I have because I just started doing direct mailers, usually my main source of marketing was online, running ads, Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, Bing ads, and all that. Um, because I started just started doing the mailers again, a lot of times in the mornings, because um, the mainland is I, you know several hours ahead, so I get calls, I get slammed with calls in the morning every time. Um, yeah, sometimes I, there's like 10 offers, roughly about, five to 10 offers a day on off-market properties that I make. Yeah, pretty much. And then after that, it's, I guess, checking on the projects, trying to project manage and keep up with the contractors and stay on it and make sure everything's going smoothly and stuff like that. That's awesome that you're making five to 10 offers a day. That's huge. So of those, like how many actually go through? Actually, you know what? I think in order to get one accepted, I Probably roughly about 50. <laughs> I would say 50 offers to sometimes even more, sometimes even like 75 offers to, to just get one accepted. I mean, it takes a lot of patience. And um, sometimes you think certain certain ones, you think you're going to nail it or they're going to accept and you're just vibing, you feel good, the energy's great. But some reason it doesn't work out and things a lot of them that you didn't think that wasn't gonna go through you it ends up going through and being a real great uh, quality deal you know <laughs> well, you never know huh <laughs> yeah, you just yeah you just never know you know sometimes you just always just sit there and just expect the unexpected <laughs> But I think it's important what you said is like sometimes it takes 50 offers, sometimes 75, right? Like even when I was looking for this property that I'm working on now, I expected to put in like 100 offers or see 100 different houses before getting that one. And I think maybe a lot of times people who are just starting out, they get discouraged, right? When they hear no or they get discouraged when when it doesn't go through the way they think it would. But how do you continue to persevere even in the face of rejection? Yeah, I think, I don't know, I guess I just want it really bad. <laughs> you know, when you want something really bad and you just have this mindset where you know it's there, but you just, you know, you're, and you keep persisting, you feel like, you can sometimes you kind of feel that something's going to pop real soon. You just feel like, you know, the energy, the momentum and, you know, the ebbs and flows that when, you know, things are starting to shift, you can feel the momentum picking up and you just, God, and, you know, sooner or later, boom, something just pops up and you're just like, yay, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're like, finally, y'all, oh, waited so long. And it feels so much more rewarding because, you know, all that that um, time and energy you spent and just working into it and just, you know, preparing yourself and doing all that work and it finally pops and, you know, that's, that's definitely rewarding. Mm, yeah, I, I can imagine just how good that would feel when your hard work finally pays off. I, I'm sure it's something you touch upon is like mindset, right? So right. you have you have the patience and you sounds like have this positivity that you just know, like, keep going and the deals around the corner, right? So don't give up. How do you really cultivate that? type of mindset 
I think I like to kind of, it's kind of like going fishing. You throw, you throw the bait in there, you know, you're waiting all day. Some days you go home with no fish. Some days you come home with a whole bucket of fish. Even though it's the most um, challenging part, I think it's the most rewarding also. Having, having that kind of mindset, um, just being positive, optimistic, like something, something's going to happen, you know. But it does take a lot of patience because when you're continuously getting turned down, rejected, you can lose your motivation very easily and you can um, lose sight of what you're, you know, going for. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I just love doing, love, love doing it, I guess. <laughs> I love, I guess, I love getting turned down a hundred times and just for that one yes, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned fishing because a lot of people say like fishing is not even about catching the fish, right? Like you really have to love the sport. And it oh. sounds like that's that's the case for you. You just really love what you do. And I have a suspicion maybe you also are doing it for your why, right? Like you have a really strong reason to keep going in the face of like a hundred no's. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think one of my biggest whys is for me to reach my fullest potential. I think everything, yeah, I think reaching your highest potential is is not about a certain level, but I think it's all about the journey and the chase of reaching that potential. I think that's what sets apart a lot of people from the rest is, is not necessarily the destination, but the journey fall in love with the journey you continuously reach potentials that you never even knew you were capable of you pretty much unlock your like own unknown (laughs) you know i think i think that's you know that's just one thing to you know really go for is your potential i think i think that that's for me that's what keeps me alive and you know keeps me alive Yeah, I mean, our potential is only our mind, right? Like, the limit is our mind. If we can think bigger, if we can dream bigger, then we can achieve as much as we can think and dream, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Always dream big and always dream dream big. That's one thing. (laughs) So what are some of your dreams and goals for 2020, for this year and beyond for your business? I think short term, I think for short term, I think probably, I think I'd like to create more content, um, more content for, for like inf- informative videos, more content marketing, just me, like myself, kind of just introducing what we're doing, you know, for like acquisitions and stuff like that too. I think kind of just spreading the awareness of what an investor actually does with uh, acquisitions. Cause I think, I, I like I think a lot of people get confused with you know what I do like they think I'm an agent but I'm actually not an agent you know they like they they're always wondering what I'm doing so I think yeah creating content I think in the short term is is I think something that I really gotta I really, I really want to do and you know try and get on I've looked at your Instagram and the before and after pictures are already amazing so I would love to see more content from you. And I'm sure that will help people out there too who want to get started or want to understand better what it's like to be a, a fix and flipper. 
yeah, yeah. Thank you, thanks. I try, I try my best. <laughs> I try to yeah. do something. <laughs> do you have a team doing that for you, or you're looking to do that yourself? Yeah, just pretty much myself. Yeah, just yeah, just me. But uh, whatever I feel, you know, that day, I kind of everything is just kind of just like just what I feel. Boom, it's like you know, maybe I'll create a little video here. Maybe I'll I'll create a before and after picture here you know <laughs> you know it's whatever i feel like doing I, feel, I think when you kind of don't force anything and when you let everything kind of happen organically then i think it feels more raw and authentic i think you know i think the authenticity is what really you know is, is what really um you know triggers a lot of you know people to to kind of connect with you and understand you you know and, um, yeah, I think everyone's looking for authentic voices, right, within the crowd, since there's so much noise going on now. It's like, if you're authentic, you can really cut through some of that noise. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Are there any special, like, deals that you want to talk about? Maybe some of the biggest deals or the most interesting? You want to go through any of that with us? Yeah, sure. So. There's this uh, one deal out in uh, Haula. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but it was uh, right across the street from the beach. So I got a lead. I got a call from this one guy. He was um, living in this house in Haula, and I guess he didn't pay the property taxes for several years. He's a retired guy, and he had two weeks' notice in order to pay the taxes or he would have to move out. He contacted me. I went um i sat down spoke with him so in order to save his house i had to go down there pay the property tax i think it was like eight grand or something like that but but he he honestly just wanted to get out of hawaii and just go back to the mainland so yeah he actually gave me a price for his home ended up purchasing his or going down there paying for the property tax out of pocket purchasing it for one hundred and nine thousand. So it's a five-bedroom, three-bath, two-story home, 12,000-square-foot lot, 2,000-living um, area. And um, I, bought, I got it for, like, 109000 I uh, put about, like, 10 to 220000 into the rehab. So I ended up in the middle. So it, it, initially, it was supposed to be a flip. In the middle, I was actually going to, oh, maybe I'll try an Airbnb. So I ended up. Because it because it had this two story one floor on the bottom there was a kitchen and bathroom the top had a kitchen and uh, kitchen and two bathrooms also so I figured I'll build a wall split it in half Airbnb both I end up Airbnbing it fully furnishing it staging it something that I I don't like to do I don't like to furnish a stage and you know? that's not my thing I'm more of like an acquisitions kind of guy but definitely was an experience but then this whole um, pandemic thing happened and everything so a lot of cancellation of flights um so I ended up just slamming it on the market initially I wanted to put it on there for 700 but I figured you know I think I can you know, I, I think I can get seven fifty for it. So I talked to my disposition team, and you know, they agreed. They said if you if you want seven fifty, you'll be happy to slam it on there for seven fifty. So uh, we put it on the market there. We're in escrow right now for seven fifty. Tomorrow I sign closing. I sign the closing docs next week Monday. We fully officially close. Um, I think the net profit on that one was like three hundred thirty thousand. I think. That's um, awesome. Yeah. That's it, amazing. How long was your hold? Um, I bought it like last year's October. 
Yeah, I bought it last year, October. So that was a, but you know, I definitely was blessed with that deal. I think that deal was a lot of the investors call it the unicorn deal because it doesn't exist. But that's the one. Um, that's the one I just was posting like a bunch of before and after. I like, had a lot of belongings and items in the house and and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm just happy to move forward. And I got another listing in uh, Milani, um, actually in a, a townhome that we just flipped to. That one is going to be listed on the market for four, four fifty maybe uh, next week, Friday. So if you know anybody that wants to buy a Milani townhome, start at home, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. It sounds like you just got a lot going on, but I want to go back to your first deal that you mentioned for a moment because yeah. the numbers are just too good to be true, that purchase price. So how did the seller find you? Through my online Google, I'm pretty sure it's online Google ads. Mm-hmm. He called me out of the blue and he just was just talking to me. And I'm pretty sure that's how he found me. Because back then, that was the only thing I was running was Google ads and Facebook ads and all those ads. But I'm pretty sure it was Google, though. But yeah, I didn't really ask him. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Google ads. And he called me and just, oh, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, boom, it was like this deal just comes out of nowhere, you know, right into your lap. You know, he calls me, you know. (laughs) Seriously, that's amazing. It's like a couple, what, hundred dollars you spend on ads and it netted you like 300 plus thousand dollars. Yeah, well, you know what? I actually spend quite a bit on marketing, um, online marketing. So I have a team that does it. Let's see. I think I spent, I think I spent about like forty thousand on marketing last year. I think like forty thousand okay. last year. But it's turning over some good leads for you, though, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah. That um, yeah, that one little um time frame it pulled in. I would say about close to half a million dollars in net profit for from the forty thousand. Know? So the you know the the ROI you know was very satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Website. hopefully you can uh, get some more deals just like that one yeah yeah hopefully i was actually talking to the head guys on my marketing team and and they tell me they deal with like over you know fifteen thousand investors and they said like usually one deal like that comes along maybe like once once a year out of like fifteen thousand people you know so wow you got the jackpot with that one yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll try to go for the jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people, you know, want to invest in Hawaii, but the laws there are a little bit different, right? Like even with Airbnb, they recently changed it so that only in the really like touristy kind of downtown areas are you allowed to have Airbnb. So is that is that the case? And would your property have fit within that envelope? Yeah, the, the laws did change. Yeah, you have to be licensed now. And I know they limited the amount of licensing to give out. I think within the first month, it was like just they just stopped giving the license out. But um, at that point in time, I, I wasn't aware of that. So I kind of just went for it but because uh, I had neighbors doing it also. And then later on, I spoke to them. They said, yeah, you're supposed to be licensed. I guess everybody's just doing it anyways. So yet, but you definitely try to abide by the laws and stuff like that too, you know. So I, I was 
you know, un- unbeknown to me, I, I, you know, I didn't know, <laughs> but I ended, up, I ended up selling it anyway. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first month they, they were out of licenses already. That's, that's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. They was giving out like a very, very small, like a ridiculously limited amount. Like, I think it was like $22, uh, 20, uh, not $22, 22, 22 licenses per like neighborhood or something like that. So like limiting to like only 22 people per neighborhood or something like that. But yeah, that, that was pretty, um, yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there still doing it, um, but you know, I actually heard that from somebody that in October that they supposed to um, open think, that up. I, no, I think Airbnb is supposed to turn over all the names to like city and county or, or um, to the state or something like that. Yeah. So, but my, gotcha. but I'm I'm done already. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan. You know, have a, a property in Hawaii, I Airbnb, and I can stay there when I go there. You know, just the dream. But I guess yeah. that's crushed now. So I need a new plan. <laughs> Yeah, well, you can probably get like maybe. Oh, but you know, you still can do like month-to-month rentals, though. That's mm-hmm. legal. So, they a lot of people, I guess, um, they kind of do Airbnb, but they run it as a month-to-month. So they'll have somebody in there. They'll just say minimum like three weeks or something. You know, they'll stay in there three weeks. The people leave. They got like a week to clean it up, reset. Some people are doing that also. I mean, yeah, and that works for them too. Mm. What about like any other options for people like me from the mainland who want to invest in Hawaii? Do you take on investors or any profit sharing or anything like that? Oh yeah, for sure. I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm always willing to work with anybody, and if anybody wants to work with me, I'm always I'm I'm always really open. Um, yeah, you can do like a joint venture, or you know, if you have a deal, I have funds. You can do a 50, 50, uh, joint venture or you know, if you got something you love to work with me, let me know. I'm always, you know, I'd always love to take a look. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for private money or lenders? Yeah, sure. Uh, private money lenders. I would say right now, I would say mostly deals. Lenders always do come in handy. Deals, I think, right now is the number one priority. I think for a little while in the middle, you know, because of all this stuff happening, I think it, it did slow down because people are kind of scared to. There's a lot of interactions still going on and activity on my website on the online marketing and stuff. But it's just people was kind of still scared to engage, to like fully engage and commit. So we'll kind of see how it goes once everything kind of settles down and kind of, you know, people kind of back to normal. Then, they're, you know, they feel comfortable engaging with you again and, and you know doing things like that yeah i was actually gonna ask because last year you said you spent like forty thousand on marketing if you were planning to you know keep that same marketing budget for this year or increase it or maybe decrease it because of what's going on just in the economy in the world and with coronavirus yeah you know what i i actually i actually increased it this year even though it was i I felt um slower i just still just kicked it up a notch to kind of give it that extra that extra kick you know even though well i guess we still got another six months but uh, yeah i'm probably gonna hit me like seventy thousand on marketing this year maybe because i actually um added the mailers inside 
before it was just it was a little bit of you know bandit signs and like the old school kind of bandit signs and then yeah. the online marketing and then yeah this year i actually just integrated the direct mailers uh this month actually this month so i use um uh, i don't know if you ever heard of rei print mail yeah, they're they're really good at that too. They 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 really know what they're doing and stuff like that too. They're they're great guys. But I think for for like a three months stretch is I think like twenty five thousand or something like that. Twenty five thousand. I figure I test them on and see how it goes. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, this is a great time to do some testing and learning and improving. Yeah, so I was wondering, it sounds like you have full belief in the economy in that you're almost doubling your marketing budget for last year. So that's good. And I wish the best of luck to you, you know, this year and can't wait to hear about your upcoming deals. I know looking through your Instagram, like you flip the properties there very, very beautifully, you know, like they look so nice. And I actually, I didn't know there was like a, a market for flips in in hawaii but you clearly have proven that there is one yeah yeah there definitely is um one thing that i think is a big advantage in hawaii is because of the cost of living is so high you know like the the the, the sale prices you know the median the average sales median is a lot higher than a lot of places it gives you a lot of room to play with the numbers it can be a bit more risky, but if you do it conservatively, it gives you a lot of room to like lower, you can like lower, you know, you can really play with the numbers, you know, if, you know, say, say like if you go somewhere in the mainland and you know, the median sales price is like, you know, 200, 300, 400,000, you know, there's not much room to play. Like down here, if you find certain deals, you can hit it, you know, you can just hit, hit it big you know what i mean if you if you you know say you know, you know just like that last night did so it kind of it gives you a lot of cushion to play with stuff like that yeah that sounds fun sounds like you can do a lot of like testing and learning and just playing is there anything that you would do differently on any of your past deals yeah you know what there's this one deal last year i actually lost um like 20 grand on it i think i should ask for more advice i was like so confident in that deal uh, i was thinking it was supposed to sell like a hundred thousand more than actually what i sold it for i should have kind of asked for more but i did ask for advice here and there but a lot of people just told me yeah 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 it'll work you know but i should have asked a lot more people i would say i was you know I should have got a second pair of eyes for like an ARV. So now I'm all bugging my disposition team. What do you think this one's going to be worth when I'm done with it? You know, what do you think this is going to be done? So, yeah, so that one, I actually, it was actually in Wailua. I bought that one for like five, um, I think like 525000 And the rehab was supposed to be like, uh it was supposed to be like forty or fifty thousand. They ended up coming out to eighty thousand. I was supposed to sell it for like seven ninety. I said six ninety. So everything, you know, it just just evaporated really quick, uh, really quickly. And you know, so you, sometimes you take some and you lose some. But I had another one in Wailua that was actually two streets down. You know, that one, that one I lost money on. I was so confident in that deal. 
I felt so good about it, and then it didn't work out. But the next one down the street, I was I was not confident at all, and that one actually sold like fifty thousand above asking. And the reason why I wasn't confident in that one is because if the layout was just so funky, it had like tandem parking in the garage, like one car tandem or two car, but it's tandem. Yeah, the layout was really funky, but for some reason now I'm sold, you know, fifty thousand above asking, and you know, sometimes you just don't know, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, what do you think uh, contributed to that? You know what? I I think that one had an extra studio in the back. It also was a pretty big. That one was a six bedroom, three bath, and there was like two living rooms and like a side room for the like a little party room on the side um, wow sounds like lots of extra room yeah it, it was a pretty funky layout and it and it just was this was single story stretched out house like almost filled the entire lot tandem parking like and i just was like oh, i don't know man this is not my ideal you know thing of uh single family home but i don't know there's actually a pretty big bidding war on that one we actually listed for 700 and they just bid it all up to 750 on that one too wow so did you seek advice on that one too or yeah down i did but but i still was kind of in the same mindset mentality i was with like before (laughs) so i was kind of like still stuck on that but i think that one i just was kind of just lucky and a lot of people is telling me the property you know like the appraiser was like oh that thing is worth like 900 everybody was telling me it's worth a lot more but i just kept thinking no i don't think so because it was kind of in a rougher part of the neighborhood is a bit more um like lower lower income the, the properties was a lot older like built in like the 1960s and 70s <clears throat> so yeah kind of yeah, I was just kind of weary about that one. It just, somebody just picked it up. And it actually, that house was actually the like, ugliest house on the block. I couldn't, like, the the, the roof was just, like, titanium, was all rusted. I couldn't even, and when I was done with it, I was just so proud. Of it. I was like, look at this house, man. This house is just such a beautiful house. And it's like the, it turned into the nicest house on the block. I was, I was very satisfied with that one and so happy with the contractors on that one. It's a great feeling, huh? Yeah, but it's good that you trusted your gut. You know, people like appraisers were telling you otherwise, but you knew your neighborhood, which is so important too. And maybe like let your our listeners know what you're looking for in terms of neighborhood, in terms of like your bill and stuff, because you're looking for deals, right? So if anybody has anything that happens to fit your criteria, maybe they can reach out. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm just... Pretty much mostly on Oahu. I'm slowly starting to expand to Big Island. And I think I have one in Kauai that I'm actually working on right now. But yeah, pretty much any um, single family homes, condos. I don't, it's just a lot to me, just as long as the numbers line up. Um, I'm always willing to take a look and um, yeah, just show me what you've got. And then you can just, hopefully, you can do some work together. <laughs> So no specific like year. There's nothing too old for you. Nothing too no, new. Nothing. Not at all. Yeah, not at all. If they got something, and you know, I can always you know make some adjustments or work certain things out to try to make it work. And 
yeah, as far as price range, you know, just whatever comes my way. I do like to keep my flips under a million, though. As my ARV, I like to keep it under a million because I feel it's just so much more safer and quicker on the disposi- uh, disposition side because, yeah, it's, you know, the buyer pool is just so much greater. It's just um, a lot of my property that I put on the market, it's, you know, within escrow, but before the, the before the week even ends. So <clears throat> I like the quick in and out kind. I, I try to, I really admire the high and luxury flips though, you know, three million, four million dollar, but I, that's just not my thing. <laughs> that buy pool is so um, unique and you know different. It's it's a lot a lot more limited, and the buyers are I'm a lot more picky with, um, you know, whatever is done to the home and stuff like that. I like the more kind of general side of things, and yeah. You don't want your listing to sit on the market for too long, right? Yeah, especially when you're paying, you know, using a hard money lender to fund it and, you know, you're paying monthly interest only payments, you know, eight, nine percent. You know, say you got, you know, multiple flips going on and five, six flips going on. You could be paying around, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20 to 30,000 a month just in mortgages, you know. So it's definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely want to click in it now you don't want to hold on to that stuff and the holding costs will definitely um come up especially if it's like a high-end flip say you buy a house for like 1.2 million or something like that um and and you're you know using a hard money lender and you're paying like eight nine percent you're basically paying almost nine thousand a month just for that one property you know and then say say it sits on the then you list it, it sits on the market and now you're waiting for buy and now you're still paying those holding costs. From the time you buy it, you rehab it, and then it sits on the market could be you know 10, 12 months, and and that already alone is about you know a hundred and could be roughly around a hundred thousand just in holding costs, you know, out of your pocket. So I try to stay away from that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Do you have any advice for people who want to get started into flipping? Maybe they hear your story and they want to get a three hundred k one pop deal as well. Yeah, I would say you know surround yourself with people who inspire you. You know, follow the people who's doing what you want to do. You know, reach out you know, network to other people, you know, investors and stuff like that too. A lot of investors, like, you know, don't be ashamed to reach out and ask for advice because a lot of investors are willing to help, willing to give advice because we're all just, you know, one big, you know, we're just like, we're just, no matter if you're a flipper, past investor, we're just, we just, we just all love real estate, you know, we all admire the, you know, the real estate game. We all, we all know the hustle. So yeah, I mean, just, you know, surround yourself with those kind of people and a lot of times you'll have you know people that would doubt it but if they're not even doing it you know don't even listen to the people that haven't done it before you know why would you do that because you know it doesn't you know that doesn't make sense right so you know yeah just just surround yourself with people that, that inspire you and um yeah don't be afraid to reach out and ask for advice I think that is so key. You know, they say don't take advice from anyone who you wouldn't want to trade lives with, right? Or who hasn't done whatever you're trying to do already, right? So I know some people, and it sounds like you are able to ask for advice from other people when you need it, when you feel like you need it. But I think that can be hard for a lot of people. Do you have any tips for 
um, people who probably should ask for advice but are scared or I would say go to the meetups, you know, one, one, one good way too is, you know, like how I met you, you know, at one of the meetups, you know, you go over there, people are going, are going there to network with each other, to learn, you know, talk to each other. Meetups is definitely one way, you know, nowadays you have a lot of social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, DM somebody, um, yeah, DM somebody. A lot of times, you know, you just go on their company or their website and look for their number and just give them a call. <laughs> give them a call and just, you know, say, hey, man, I'm trying to do something here. And, you know, how can I help? And, and how can I provide value? And, you know, I think that's definitely one way to, you know, reach out and stuff like that. To shoot your shot, right? Yeah, shoot your shot, you know, just... You know, why not? <laughs> why not? You know, you, you you never know unless you do it. You know, so just just like in this real estate game, you never you could like make an offer on a house, like you know, and you know, an outrageous low ball offer. You know what I mean? And you know that person might not even care, just want all the property and will accept it. You know, to you it might be, oh, this guy would never sell his house for one hundred and nine thousand. You know what I mean? But him, he offered me the price, so he just wanted to get rid of it. He he didn't care. He just wanted to leave. You know, just there's definitely uh, a lot of things out there if you just keep an eye out for it. You know, I think perspective is when you look at things with a different kind of perspective, you know, with positivity and stuff like that, I think things start to happen. Yeah, for sure. You never know un- unless you try it, right? Right. Are there any, maybe people want to, but they need to work up the courage, right? So for people who are more on the shy side, do you have any books or podcast recommendations? Maybe they can start there as they build the confidence to reach out, to cold call, to DM somebody. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I would say one book that has really got my gears turning and has really opened up my my eyes is, uh, you know, everybody read, read this book, but to me it's definitely, you know, I know some of the top players in the game, you know, it changed their lives, but that, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I know a lot of times that they've been in a situation where, oh, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. And they read this book and they, oh, their whole life just shifts. You know, they, they just, that thing just gets their wheels turning and just get, get them going. And now they're, now they're digging for what they're reading, you know, and, you know, and just, just keep going in that direction. And I think, you know, you'll be on your way to something very great. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, something that I love about real estate too is the ability to, help other people, right? Whether you're like on the disposition side, you're helping them by providing them with their dream house that they can purchase from you and live in or from the buying side, right? People might be in tough situations. They need to get out like the person who just hit you up or they're getting foreclosed on or it's a probate sale. So I know you've dealt with some of those. Is there some of those types of stories where you've been able to help people throughout Oahu that you want to share with us? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different situations I've dealt with, I guess, for that. There's just some, yeah, like this this other one in Wailua, this one lady, she just, she wanted to, she, the drive was just too far for her. She worked in town. She lived in Wailua. She inherited the property. 
Um, she barely, barely was even home. She just wanted out too. And, you know, she gave me a call or, or she might've filled out the form on my website. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times, you know, people just, just want to, you know, do things, you know, they love, you know, in their life. They just want to continue to do the things they love. And sometimes the property becomes a burden to them. And sometimes if it's, a, you know, what could be a you know, treasure to somebody else. So, yeah, I mean, just helping out people's situations. And I think sometimes I do drive, you know, if I'm in the neighborhood, I'll drive past, you know, the houses I've done before, did before. And sometimes I'll see cars in the driveway. And it just gives me a really fulfilling, satisfying like, uh, feeling like, oh, you just gave this, you know, family a real nice, beautiful, beautiful home to, you know, live in. And they're just enjoying it. And, you know, that's, that's, that's really... I really warmed my heart. I mean, I just, I just have such a, you know, great, great feeling whenever I see that. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Just hearing your story also warms my heart too. That's part of why I love real estate and the real estate community that I've met through meetups, through forums has also been just so welcoming and so eager to answer questions and help each other out. Yeah. So, yeah, if anybody out there is looking to get started, I would say just just give it a shot because we're all like family here and willing to help, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just network, you know, inform yourself, learn, just learn, learn, learn. You know, there's that one quote I always think, you know, it's uh, when I first started, I was, it's, it's um, first you learn, then you take out the L, then you earn. So I always thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was one thing I always thought, because, you know me, I love quotes, too. So <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. I never heard that one before, but I like it. it. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? First you learn, then you take out the L, then you earn. And That's it's definitely, awesome. like, so true, you know? You learn, and then you just, you know, and then you, know, you put it to work. Use your knowledge and stuff like that. <laughs> and give back, right? Yeah. So, Dustin, is there anything else you wanted to cover that we haven't talked about yet? Not really, but you know what? Thank you so much for having me on here. It's definitely a pleasure. And, yeah, hopefully we can do some work soon. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, to, 20, to the end of 2020, closing in and starting off in a nice fresh year in 2021 and just, just killing it in there. You know, just everybody just keep crushing it. You know, go, for, go big, go for your dreams and just continue to inspire inspire each other and and help each other out (laughs) yes what great words of advice and motivation for us to close this out Dustin how can people reach you if they want to find out more information Um, they can reach me uh, on Instagram username island property buyers with an S or Facebook I think my Facebook you just search by your name yeah Dustin Moto or you can go to my website www.islandpropertybuyers.com. Awesome. All of those links will be in the show notes. And thank you so much for taking the time today, Dustin. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's definitely a pleasure. Wow. That was so good. Here are my top nine takeaways. One, don't get discouraged. Have persistence and patience. Go in with the expectation that you're going to have to make 50 to 75 plus offers in order to get one accepted. Two, 
success equals finding something that you find fun plus something that you love doing, and then you have to want it bad. Three, to unlock your highest potential, it's not about the end goal, but you have to fall in love with the journey. Four, content is king for marketing and spreading awareness. Don't force it. Let things happen organically, which feels more raw and authentic, and that draws people to connect and understand you. Five, don't sleep on online advertising. Dustin spent 40000 on marketing last year, but in one deal alone, it netted him over $330,000. Six, be greedy when others are fearful. Dustin upped his marketing to $70,000 this year despite the pandemic, adding direct mailers in addition to bandit signs and online advertising. Seven, don't be afraid to ask for advice. Get a second, even third pair of eyes on your ARV. Eight, surround yourself with people who inspire you. Follow the people who are doing what you want to do. Don't be scared to reach out and network. A lot of people are willing to help more than you even know. Nine, first you learn and then you earn. Thank you so much for spending part of your day with me today. It means so much to me. And if you want more like this, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen because I have some really great guests lined up and I don't want you to miss it. If you felt anything today, whether it's inspired, motivated, or uplifted, please take a second and share this episode with someone directly or on your Instagram and tag us, and we'd be happy to reshare your post. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one.